0: Everybody, welcome to That's Life, where my Mishloch Banot this year are going to be Ron Dermer inspired. Only items from the Golan and from the quote unquote West Bank will do. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, then check back in the news from this week. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nakhilm Siegel Network. I apologize, folks, if I cough a little bit or my throat sounds a little bit froggy. Just trying to fight the uh, post Paris flu that I think has been going through. Uh, This network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch and I'm coming to you from the home of the Nahum Segal Network on the beautiful East Lower East Side on this beautiful Thursday. My boker tov to Yoni. Yoni is here. He is uh, he is engineering for me this morning. It is great to have him here. Good morning Yoni.
1: Good morning.
0: How are you. Uh, good. This is fun, right? Yeah,
1: first time's a charm, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. First time. We're going to hit this out of the park. It's going to be great. My thanks to everyone who is continuing to train Yoni. We are deepening our bullpen. If you don't get that reference either, well then, you know, you're not American. I can't help you with that. Um, By the way, everyone should know Yoni's from Houston. We don't hold it against him. You could tell, right? I totally can tell. First of all, you have, I don't know what that is on your sleeve. It's a Texas,
1: University of Texas sweater. Okay,
0: so see, I knew it wasn't New York. Right. That's exactly what I knew. Exactly. And and it had horns on it, so I figured it had something to do with Texas. The longhorns, yeah. The of course, the longhorns. Exactly. So, Yoni, biggest difference about living between New York and living in Houston. Go quickly.
1: Uh at home right now it's a nice 70 degrees. I mean, granted today. It's... Hello,
0: it's going to be a schwitz this weekend. Yeah,
1: schwitz for you guys. I mean, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> yeah. A beautiful day for me.
0: Yeah, all I know is that you're probably the only guy in all of Manhattan right now enjoying this weather. Yeah. Cuz some New Yorkers you don't Are you serious? I don't love love the rain. Well, I mean, the fact that there's no snow. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. The fact that there's no snow. A friend of mine who just came in from Israel, she's like, this is a total waste of a trip. It's New York in December. I wanted to see snow. I said, sweetheart, I don't feel like sweating anymore in December either. So I know what you're talking about. And a good morning to Jamie. She is here as well in the studio. If you are a new listener to the show. Thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you're a returning listener, thanks for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Nahum Segalnet, all one word. Miriam L. Wallach, all one word. Let's do a quick fortune cookie because, frankly, all of the national holidays going on today and tomorrow are not really our purview. So I may just skip those, though today is eggnog day. It is not a drink I've actually ever tried, though there are plenty of eggnogs out there with her but nevertheless, not something in my uh in my to-do list. All right, here's my here's my fortune cookie. Oh, brother. Your greatest asset is not the quantity of your friends, rather the quality of your friends. That's nice. A little hokey, a little hallmark, but that's okay, Confucius. That's okay. I want to uh, quickly get to my guest because I I find that when I have Susie Fishbine on and I talk to Susie both on and off the air, I never get enough time with her. <laughs> so so <laughs> Susie Fishbine is the unbelievable first of all if you guys don't know Susie one-on-one she's such a good person but on but that doesn't Susie, you should know they don't have that on your wikipedia page they have other things on your wikipedia page like the fact that you are of course the orthodox jewish cookbook author your kosher by design series is a runaway bestseller art Scroll has sold over a half a million copies which is outstanding in 2000 2008 kolokavo 2008, 2008 you are included on the Forward 50 as one of the 50 most influential Jews. You are a TV personality. You are a chef. And something I want to bring up, I know we're doing this a little bit out of order, but a Zionist. And one thing to demonstrate your Zionism is the upcoming tour that is uh, is scheduled to go to Israel in February. I run an
2: annual foodie tour of Israel every February. This year it's running from the 11th to the 18th. It is a most incredible way to see Israel for people who have already seen Israel. It's probably not, you know, it shouldn't be your first trip there, but once you've been to Israel and then you want to really see some some really interesting culinary treats, it is an amazing trip. First of all, we stay at five-star resorts. We stay Beautiful. at the Bereshit Spa. We stay, Last year, we stayed at the Waldorf. This year, we're staying at the Inbal. Wow. Um, we meet amazing peace, people, the, the faces of Israel's food today. Chef Mayor Adoni, who's like there, Bobby Flay, sure. um, he, he's awesome. Uh, Michael Katz, just the zeciest guy. He lives and breathes uh, <laughs> Israel food. I mean, these are the guys that when the government needs ambassadors to go out into the world to represent Israel's food, that's who they send. Wow. We have h- cooking classes. We have tours. We get to see stuff. In, in, in bakeries, we're, this year we're having an interaction with Ethiopian women learning some mm. Ethiopian cooking. Wow. So it's just like nonstop food and learning and fun. A little bit of chesed thrown in. We'll be stopping uh, this year. We're going to be stopping off at Leket. Oh. So it's really, really awesome. And this year, more important than ever, Israel needs us. They're, they're looking for us. They're looking for our faces. They're looking for our presence. They're looking for our shkullim. Right. The businesses, the restaurants, the hotels, they're dying. Mm. And it's the, it's the smallest thing we can do. And I'm really putting my money where my mouth is. I'm going, I'm bringing my 21-year-old daughter. So ladies, grab your girlfriends, your children, your, your mothers, your sisters, your, your husbands. <laughs> I mean, we've had years where, where men have been on this trip, men who like to cook, and sometimes men who don't and end up loving That's the cool. experience. So um, if, if you are interested, go to the Suzy Fishbein fan page on Facebook um, or the Jewish Journey a page on Facebook and you can get the itinerary and all the information
0: and maybe
2: treat yourself. Maybe this is really
0: the year. People also should know that the Susie Fishbein fan page on Facebook is also where you can ask Susie a question.
2: Absolutely, I always get uh, some, some last-minute cooking questions, recipe right. questions. Um, absolutely, it's uh, just post a, away.
0: It's a, it's a, it really is a tribute to the kind of personable person that you are. That number one, you open yourself up to a fan page like this, and number two, that you take the time to answer. I mean, there are plenty of people who you can get responses from a celebrity, and you know that that's been crafted by someone else. But all I know is that I read your post, and I know those are your words because it sounds like you. It is you. (laughs) I'm like, wow, Susie takes the time. It's such a credit. It really is. It really Thank is, you. especially the one about the churros. I <laughs> thought that that was funny. I'm like, wow, okay. I really did,
2: because <laughs> my, one of my, my recent culinary stops was Spain, and I really wanted to put churros uh. con chocolate in the book, but I just felt like I couldn't give a recipe that would frustrate people. The issue right. with churros that I was finding and developing the recipe at home was it's like a warm egg clair dough that you make on the stove, and then you have to put it into a pastry bag with a star tip, and when you squeeze it out, I kept busting the bag, uh. A, and burning my hands, and oh, B, it was just frustrating. And I know I have good quality pastry bags. Most people are going to do it in a Ziploc bag. And I would never, ever want to give a recipe in a cookbook that I know can't work, doesn't work, would frustrate someone, would make them, you know, upset. So... I ended up not using it, so we'll talk about this again closer to Hanukkah, I guess. Right. Well, that's (laughs) out with the churros and with the donuts. (laughs) Exactly,
0: exactly. But it's funny because I have never found that there's been a recipe in any of your cookbooks I couldn't do. So I guess that you know that becomes the litmus test for you, and gives me an opportunity to talk about the new exciting news that (laughs) the next edition. Of the Kosher by Design series is coming out. is going to press any day. It's called Kosher by Design, bringing it home. Recipes inspired by Susie's Travels.
2: It's unbelievable. It's actually a double entendre. It is recipes inspired by my travels and all the things that I've learned in my class of teaching and preparing for, for what I teach in Israel, in Italy, all different parts of Italy, in, in Provence, France, in Mexico, inspired by those travels, um, but bringing it home because it is the finale in the series. And it's, uh, I think, just a, a beautiful, fitting way to, to end off what has been a runaway success and just a dream of a series. And... Um, yeah. I
0: don't. I don't think I. I noticed that word when I read the promo. <laughs> it's the finale of this series. Yeah, I think Kosher by Design" has really
2: seen its lifetime. I think that it has been a trailblazer, but I think that. Um, I'm sitting here stunned.
0: Things things I'm need to ha- yeah things need to to end. But I'm not saying that's the end of me. No, 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 to retire. No, but it's like. But I refer to the cookbooks by color. I need the pink one. I need the green one. <laughs> well, now need... you're going to be looking for the silver one. <laughs> oh wow! So this is so. It's time to end. I'm sorry to go with this metaphor. It's time to end this chapter. Right. Exactly. Wow. Wow. So you know what? I, I then I really appreciate the, the the double meanings, the double entendre, in the bringing it home. And um, I also can very much appreciate your travel schedule due to the fact that I'm sure you and I at this point could go for page for page in our passports um, <laughs> but, um, but it's, 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 it takes I a straight. I keep, I keep remembering myself at
2: all different airports with my luggage exploding and having to pay so much extra in <laughs> overweight charges because of ingredients that I found that I had uh, to bring home that I had to work with. You must have that experience I, all the
0: time. I have and I could I'll probably do this off the air because let's just say certain people don't <laughs> think it's funny when I talk about what I've <laughs> smuggled in this country but let's just say I've gone to Paris three times in seven weeks. There might be some foie gras in my kitchen it's possible it's possible it's possible um but there's there's it takes a it takes a toll all the traveling takes a toll and the the intensity I'm sure of making a cookbook writing a cookbook and you know, doing the photography and and editing and, and the whole nine yards it takes a toll maybe maybe this end of this this closing of this chapter is the opportunity for something new but also the opportunity to shift a little bit Absolutely,
2: exactly, um, and I'm not done writing recipes. It's just that the Kosher by Design series is is finishing up. Um. But it has really been exciting, and I, and I think what's new and different about these recipes is that it's not just the hundredth new spin on a latka. It's mm. completely different food. Uh, you don't realize how, how different cultures think about food. You know, here in America, what I just said is exactly what's going on. Like, what's the coolest new fusion way? What's the newest <laughs> thing we can do with something that we've seen already a hundred times? What else can you put on a burger? What else right. can you do on a chicken? And when you when you go to Europe, what you really see is that people are very very true to their roots and they want to teach you their food exactly how their grandmothers taught it to them Uh how they feed it to their families and even in Israel where it's almost like an in-between of both where the chefs do tend to go out of Israel to be educated in culinary arts and then come back it's their little you know, Moroccan grandmother whispering in their ear that really informs and influences what they choose and how they choose to cook it.
0: So um, I feel like Israel is like that middle ground of what's going on in America and what's going on in Europe. There's so much pride in what we put on our tables, whether you're the home cook who is really just trying to pull together a nice Shabbos for their family, or you're the, you're, you're the person in the kitchen who's really serving up meals for hours a night, knowing that your signature is on that plate. You want right. to impart... Something about yourself when you eat and when you're serving other people, and there's that hominess that that I don't want to say collegiality, but it's only it's a familial experience to serve somebody food, even in a restaurant. It, it invites them into your personal space, giving them a little bit about yourself.
2: And in Italy, more so than in any place. I mean, I had chefs that were like busting a gut when I said, well, we can't use butter in this recipe because we're going to be serving it after a meat meal. So how does olive oil sound and, mm. in, in a dessert? And he, he said, absolutely not. He, and I was <laughs> quite Italian. He said, no, right. that is not how my grandmother makes it. That is, it's never going to work. We can't do it. And in the end, obviously, he had no choice. Um, he had right. to prepare this wow. very traditional Sprisoluna using the oil, and he he could not get over how good it was. It was not made with butter. It was not what he was, what was traditional, but he was actually very proud and impressed. And when, when the people on the tour like, were literally like licking their plates, oh, the guy was beaming. That's <laughs> incredible.
0: But he was like almost wounded that I said we have to change Uh, the recipe somewhat. You know, know, it's been made like that for, you know, for 500 years. Right. Right. And then there are the cuisines. Then there are the different, uh, you know, I don't want to say dialectic, but the different cultural um, opportunity, you know, food opportunities like Chinese food that translate easily to kosher because they don't use dairy. And so there's the opportunity to make many, you know, all these Chinese dishes, which the equest- you know, the obviously taking out the pork and the shellfish and the whatever else that we can't eat. But being able to use the cornstarch, use the soy sauce, you use the and buy your own wok and do all that stuff and make it kosher simply. And and that translates easily.
2: Right, exactly, which is I think getting us to our, our main topic exactly. of the day. Exactly. Do correct? you like how
0: I did that? Do you like how I did that? It's <laughs> <You're> smooth. <laughs> Thank Mary you. Malik. Thank you very much. So why did I initially invite Suzy Fishbein on? Because there's there's always talk around this time of year around December 25th how Jews have their own December 25th tradition. The Christmas tradition started, you know, that even um, the, um, the Justice uh, um, Alina... Uh, Elena, Elena Kagan in her you. 2010
2: confirmation exactly. hearing was asked by Lindsey Graham, where was she the previous That's Christmas? It. And her answer was, you know, like all Jews, I was probably at a Chinese restaurant. Exactly. And after it became coded in our customs (laughs) right so
0: exactly and it's just so funny because so many people do it and even eden walk is having a special this friday a shop is special exactly and they're opening up at 10 o'clock but here's and and so many articles are written annually around this time of year there was one last year in the atlantic and there's one that's out from tablet about this correlation between jews christmas and chinese food so okay is there something to this there is something to this. Well, the first thing, obviously, being that um, Chinese
2: people do not tend to be Christian or Catholic. So oh. their restaurants can be open on Christmas. So that's like, kind of like, that, that, that's the practical reason. But really, there's a historical reason that might not sit so well with observant Jews. But if you go back to the Lower East Side, around 1910, there were like a million Eastern European Jews living there, really hand-in-hand living there with Chinese people, many who came over in 1880 from California, who went into the restaurant business. And those two, uh, it, those two cultures, in addition to Italian people, were living side-by-side very closely. And um, I guess, first of all, to the Jews living there, they felt more American than the Chinese. So it was almost <laughs> like a superior, you know, like a superiority right. thing. They're right. they're less immigrant, you know, than than the Chinese people. Right, more but homegrown. Yeah, the generation that came here from Europe were were strictly observant. Were strictly kosher. There was no, there were no restaurants, you know, in the 1800s in in, in Europe. So I guess it was never an issue. But the next generation of Jews that were that were living here. Um, Some of them have made the decision that they would keep kosher in their house and they would keep not kosher outside of their house. So as you had mentioned before, there are... um you know, the, the, uh, Italian foods, uh, Mexican foods, everything about those food groups it, it mixes meat and dairy, cheese and, and, and meat, cheese and chicken, things that were absolutely not kosher, totally recognizable to your mother and your grandmother is not kosher. <laughs> right. But as you said, there is no dairy product in Chinese food. There's just, there's none. It's not an ingredient that they use in their cooking palate. So right away, that felt a little bit less trafe. It was almost like, actually, there was there was a paper written by a professor that I had, uh, taken a hundred years ago in Queen's College, Gay Tuckman, who wrote a, an academic paper called "Safe Trafe. like how did you know how did this happen? So the first thing was a there was no mixing of meat and dairy. B there were no Virgin Marys hanging on the ceiling, <laughs> or you know Jesus hanging on the wall right. because again they're not Christian. Right. And then even a, a deeper level to show you, like that, it was actually there was some thought given to it. The pork, the shellfish, the the, the true trafe is all chopped up, and then it's either covered in a heavy sauce or it's wrapped in an egg roll or it's wrapped in a wonton. So you could sort of convince yourself that it was not really recognizable as trafe, so it was okay, mm. or at the very least, you know your mother couldn't see, that it was, you know, it's, <laughs> it was truly trafe, And I'm, I'm really, I'm not, this has truly been studied and, and looked right, at. Right. Um, academic papers have been written about it. Um, so, and, and it also, you know what, it allowed that next, uh, that, really that first generation of Americans to feel um, cosmopolitan and sophisticated. Yeah. They would go out to these restaurants and there were, uh, you know, g- gorgeous red wallpapers on the wall right. and Buddhas and, and things that felt mm. very much... Um, exciting to them. So, um, yeah, that, so that's, interesting. that's kind of how how it started.
0: It's so interesting, especially because it's a it's not a classic immigrant story. And as much as we're supposed to be, you know, a, a, a nation apart, there is we're also supposed to be a part of what we're doing. And the the need for for us, I mean I can say this in twenty fifteen, the need, the excitement, the experience of going out of going out like everyone else, about being able to as ridiculous Exactly.
2: As, you know yeah. what? It's almost exactly the opposite of what's going on today where we feel like there is nothing missing. If you want to keep kosher, at least in our neighborhoods, yep. I, I should say this is not true throughout the country. Now that I've traveled so widely, I can tell you there are some there are some states in the United States where you cannot buy a kosher meal. Everything you do has to be made in your house. But certainly, where in the tri-state area, your listening area there's nothing that we're lacking. There is n- and there's pride in that. Like the, 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 the hot thing in America right now, I mean, there were articles about um, people that were smuggling briskets out of Walmart because smoked briskets are like the hot food in America. Well, really? Smoked briskets, smoked restaurants, they're popping up all over right. the place in the kosher right. world. Right. But that generation, the early 1900 generation, they were like almost asserting their independence mm. and showing how cosmopolitan and how with it they were by eating out in these Chinese restaurants, almost by breaking the rules of kashris, but yet they couldn't totally break out. You know, they didn't want to go where there were, you know, Catholic symbols on the walls or meat and dairy clearly, you know, on the plate. So this was kind of like a a step out the door, which is in a way a little bit sad, but certainly very interesting. Well,
0: it certainly makes sense, then, that Schmolke Bernstein's was born here on the Lower East Side, the uh, classic right combination of kosher and chinese food i remember going as a kid and thinking it was absolutely the coolest thing in the entire world to be able to eat chinese food anywhere <laughs> and now my kids you know we're growing up being able to get double wrapped meals in disney right. going i don't true. have i have not had to pack a snack bag in disney world on my last couple of trips like it's done i don't have to do that anymore it is such a it is just a different world. And on the flip side, when we went to Paris two weeks ago, and there were a number of members of our team and 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 extended members of our team, including President Joel, and including including our Chairman Robert Ben, ben Rimone, who were who were coming as well, and we made them hospitality bags for their hotel rooms because there's no Seven Eleven around the corner right. where you can pick up a Mr. Good Bar. Mm-hmm. It's just not happening. So all of a sudden, my kids see me packing. And what am I packing? Boxes from Costco of granola bars and of chips and of this and whatever. And my kids looked at me. One of my kids said, why are you bringing that to Paris when you already told me they have 200 kosher restaurants there? And I said, because in the hotel, what happens if they're hungry? You can't go to the mini bar. There are no M&Ms. It's not. And what's so ridiculous. Is that at one point we pulled over to a convenience store just to pick up water, and I picked up a Tropicana and looked for the OU like an idiot. But hmm. that's not what's happening. Right. So as much as we have expanded, and kosher food is e- explosion, it's just an explosion. And and you don't have to go somewhere anymore and say I'm kosher, I'm Jewish. Can you double wrap? Like they know, hotels right. know, opportunities know, right. and, and these conveniences exist. But nevertheless, we're not everywhere. We're we're not everywhere. Right. It's just it's the reality. True. It's just the reality.
2: If your listeners are really interested in the topic, there was a very, a very interesting movie about the days of the Lower East Side. You know when the, the Chinese and Jews were living side by side. It's a movie called "In Search of General Chow." Um, you could probably get it on demand. Um, and I think you know, if someone's going to sit and eat their Chinese food That's on awesome. on Christmas and looking for something to do that night, it that might be a fun. It might
0: be a fun watch. Well, in preparation for this interview, it occurred to me that our Nahum Segal Network Shabbaton that is taking place this weekend in Woodmere, in my house, and of which we have been prepping the menu, etc., it included no Chinese food. So now I'm concerned that i got to go make <laughs> you might sure. I have to rethink I that. I <laughs> know, and everybody in the studio right now is looking at me and rolling their eyes. Cause Do I you go- know that there is no such thing as General Chow's
2: Chicken in true Chinese food? Are you serious? Most of the Chinese food that you and I would recognize is Chinese food is not authentically Chinese. And if you would go to China, even today, they would have no idea what you're talking about. Susan, and that was my whole would have childhood. have no idea what you're talking about when you refer to General
0: Chow. That is my childhood. My whole Isn't childhood is... Isn't that funny? I, so, please don't tell me we made it up a Schmuck of Bernstein's. That's, <laughs> that just might be the end of it for me. I mean, is this like a... This is... This is—is is this a Jewish thing or is this an American? It's not thing? a Jewish thing; it's an American okay, thing. Okay, okay, okay. I can't take responsibility for everything. <laughs> that is, but that's hysterical. So, what is a typical? Like, have you been to China? Have you? No, been? I have not.
2: I have not traveled in Asia. I, I know it's—it's it's a lot of things that you and I probably would not want to see on a right. or on a barbecue. Right. <laughs> a I, rodents.
0: This is not on of- my. This is not on my bucket list, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I've eaten in Paris. I'm good to go. Um, but it's funny just to bring it back, no. and I, I know we're running mm-hmm. out of time. But just to bring it back to your culinary tour, my 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 big trip last summer was to eat my way from the north to the south of Israel. And hmm. so as a person who loves everything from a good meal to like a homegrown chumusiah where nobody speaks English and On the side of the road. Exactly, yep. exactly. Like there's so much of Israel to be experienced just through the palate. And, and people who are going for their first time should also know, and I'm not saying this to be funny, but there is a spirituality when you are eating food in israel there is that it is it, it's not like it's not like pulling over on i-95 and picking something up in the in the, in the quick mart it's just and you know it
2: registers with me also that you, you know we have all these different experiences we're in all different kitchens and there are people in in you know with with long payas and there are guys without yarmulkes and there are moroccans and yemenis and 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 and, and, and french jews and every Style every kind of person, every denomination of Jew, they're all Jews, and they're all in Israel, and we have experiences with all of them on this tour, we're meeting with Ethiopian people this time, we met with Moroccan people last time, like it's, but they're all Jews,
0: and they're all there.
2: And that's, you know, and and each one touches a culinary mix, in, you know, and stirs that pot, which is, you know, it, this is, it's our place. It's our people. So I went where, where to, else would you
0: want to experience that? I, I went to uh, Blue Sky last summer when you mentioned mm-hmm. Mayor Adonis. Mayor Adonis. Exactly. And mm-hmm. the only, the, <laughs> this is a terrible footnote, I had an allergic reaction that night. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, totally not anybody's fault there, obviously, but right. I'm I'm allergic to one kind of fish. And huh. I, Dafka didn't order any fish on the menu because I was afraid that something that would be on the grill would be too close to other things and it just wasn't worth it. Right. And so I literally, I mean, you're going to, you're going to cringe, but I went to Blue Sky and ordered a Caesar salad. And I, was, <laughs> sorry, oh, no. I know, because I was just afraid. And right. I, I travel with Ben and well, You know, Dr- there's fish in Caesar salad.
2: There was, well, there was Always. something.
0: Uh, 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 well,
2: you know, not what most people know is
0: Caesar salad, but true Caesar salad has anchovies in And I love anchovies. Essence. And I love anchovies. Chovies in, and anchovies and i are really good friends but they used a different fish yeah they they did huh. not use that and all of a sudden i looked at steven and i start i said i i don't mean, i don't know how to do this but i need to go back to the room and oh, i need no. benadryl yeah but of course i mean the hotel is gorgeous and the restaurant is gorgeous and right and, and the, the cuisine there is not to be believed and it's incredible and see this is what i predicted at the beginning of the interview that you and i were not going to have enough time <laughs> It was like, I mean, you are the reason that when we cut my show down to 30 minutes, I'm like, I, I can't have on Susie. I just don't have enough time to talk to her. <laughs> Susie Fishbein, everybody. Susie, thank you so much. Kolika, vote to you. Thank you for inspiring us and informing us and being our historian. And um, and more than that, if people have not yet signed up for the February tour, they should. And if they have not checked out Susie's fan page on Facebook, they certainly should as well. Thank you so much, Miriam. Absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime. Talk to you Great soon. Great chatting. You Bye. got it. You've been listening to That's live here at the Nachum Segal Network. Let's go through the rest of the lineup. You do not want to miss the live lunch hosted today by Avrami. He is sitting in for Nachum from 11 to 1. And then, of course, we have our programming the rest of the day. Tomorrow morning, we have JAM in the AM. Nachum is not in tomorrow morning, as he announced. He will be at Mayanot, speaking about Tzfila. And uh, instead, we have a sub. So there will be no Malcolm line update tomorrow morning at 740. But, of course, JAM and the AM Friday. You don't want to miss it anyway. Avrami hosts—oh, and I apologize. I want to make sure to tell you that Naomi's show this week, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, table for two. Naomi hosts Susie and Ellie Krause from Ellie's Fresh Herring. Yes, Fresh Herring. And Lavanna Kirshenbaum, she is the teacher, author, and pioneer in kosher upscale dining. Lavanna is a formerly of Lavanna's in Manhattan. For those of you who have a TBT moment, yes, do not miss this interview with Lavanna Kirshenbaum. Tomorrow morning, Friday at 9 a.m., Saturday Night Seagull, hosted by Avrami. Matzei Shabbos, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., renowned speaker Rabbi Y.Y. Y. Jacobson hosts Eternal Flame. 11 p.m., David Lichtenstein hosts Headlines. And, of course, Sunday morning would not be Sunday morning without JM Sunday, hosted by Matis from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I leave you today, and I hope this song fires properly. That means works. Uh, I leave you today with Yushalayim Shabalev. No more could that, be, could that be true. Could that statement be true than this week and the last couple of weeks and truly... Um, Yushalayim is in our hearts. It is a, uh, it is a single by Avram Fried. It was not released on an album, so you can't find it that way, but you can find it on the NSN workout mix, number 34, prepped by Mark Zomik. It is the first track on this, uh, on this mix. I'm going to get it going right now in the background. Do we hear it? There we go. I love this song. Yushalayim Sheba My thanks to Mark Zomik for curating all of the mixes they are great, and they make my workouts go faster, and I guarantee they will make your workouts go faster too. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
1: I can't Who makes a Roselola Al shivate vatten ar in mio med et venice fa la mot sul culam Mikatzvolta te welle mo si mene hema salo huslam ki basof se halel rakalevshe movilim mobile culano li ruselagi colaxil J'avoue Maud